It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Ed Jordanic. Also joining us from NDNation.com, Mike Coffey. Coffey, I'm going to start with you because, you know, this is interesting. You've been harping on this since the beginning of the season. Okay. And I, I kind of – I'm. This, it's interesting because I – I'm obviously wrong about this because they've already announced that Cohen's going to start. But I thought with two weeks to prepare, this might have been a really good opportunity to give Buckner his first start. And I don't know. I mean, between the three of us, there's probably a 1% chance we make the college football playoffs. But, and, you know, maybe we're playing for 2022. Obviously not. We're going to stick with Cohen. Is that surprising to you at all, or did you not even think that as a possibility? Well, I think based on what happened with Virginia Tech, and I I can see where you're coming from. You figure two weeks to get ready. Uh, At the very least, I'm hoping they're opening more of the playbook for Buckner because, I mean, our our running – we have a lot of success running the ball when he's in there, much more so with Cohen because I think the defense treats him more as a running threat. But – at the same time, if a defense goes in with Buckner at quarterback and knowing that he's not going to throw on first down, they can pin their ears back and try to go get him. So while I am surprised that they wouldn't try to make him a starter, at the same time, I, I'll be satisfied if they can open more of the playbook for him so he can play more of a complete game than we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, Ed Kelly did say that in the press conference. They are opening more of the playbook to him, and so he's going to see more of that. Um, you, you know, this look, we're fans, but we're not there at practice. I got to give, you know, uh, confidence to the coaching staff that they know what they're doing, and so now is not the time to start them. It is a huge weekend. I mean, there are a lot of recruits coming in. Uh, hopefully this isn't too big of a distraction. I, I know that several years ago we, we kind of got concerned with that with uh USC game weekend, but there is a lot riding on this game. I mean, I don't, I'm not, ex- we have, we're not going to do predictions just yet, but I'm not expecting a blowout. And I'm hopefully hoping you're not going to expect a blowout. But anyways, uh, I mean, is there, what, what are your thoughts on what do you, how you think this game's going to unveil? And is it, is it going to be a big, are we going to see Cohen in the first quarter and then not again to the fourth quarter? Or where do you <laughs> think this is going to go? Well, I think it's kind of like the, uh, it's kind of like the Federal Reserve. It's data dependent. <laughs> we're going to see, uh, you know, see how the game sort of flows and how it plays. I mean, you're right. This is not obviously a team that blows teams out. I mean, unless there's kind of like some freaky defensive touchdown stuff like we had in the Wisconsin game. You know, it's just it's just kind of a a team that so far at least kind of plays to the level of its competition. Um, which is not necessarily a bad thing if your schedule's tough, but it's it's not a great thing when your schedule is is middling like this one. Um, but uh, you know, one of the other things is that I think sometimes I've I've kind of learned this. I mean, we come sometimes look at this 
at this bye week is kind of like, you know, oh, all this extra work and preparation. But really, you know, these players get a lot of time off. It's really more of a rest and, and rejuvenate week. I mean, there isn't, a, you know, a lot more practice time that they're giving Buckner a lot more reps or snaps. It's, I guess the biggest advantage is that they don't have class this week. But, I mean, they, it's not like they're on the practice field more. I mean, last week, you know, they basically had the weekend off. A lot of these guys went home. Uh, if they had the financial resources or the time to do it um, and, the, you know, the ability to get home, you know, they had the first couple of days off of last week because they had midterms and stuff like that. So, well, half, half of them think... are being paid now, so I hope they went home <laughs> yeah. but anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Half of them probably flew first class. Um, <laughs> but um, so uh, but I, you know, I think, you know, listen, we, you can't you can't discount the fact that USC is kind of a program in disarray right now. I mean, it's it really is. I mean. They have some, you know, they have some issues on uh, on both sides of the ball in terms of depth. Um, obviously, you know, I don't care. Um, I don't care how much, you know, the interim coach is loved and respected and stuff. It's still chaotic when a head coach gets cut loose, um, you know, half, you know, less than halfway through a campaign. Um, and, you know, and it's going to be cold in South Bend on Saturday night. And I'm sure USC hasn't played a game yet this year where the game times temp- temperature has been, you know, less than 60 degrees, 70 degrees. So um, I think Notre Dame should win this football game and it should win it, um, you know, um, you know, by at least a touchdown or two. I don't know if they will, but they should. Um, so I'm going to look for like a little bit more progress along the offensive line. Um, I'm going to look to see if they can play a clean game. I mean, you know, Tyler, Tyler Buckner, you know, he, you know, he almost threw like four interceptions against Virginia Tech before Cones came in and saved his ass. Um, so, um, you know, I like like you guys, I'm kind of puzzled of where Kevin Pine fits in this uh, puzzle because he's um, he certainly seemed to earn some snaps based on his performance in uh, Wisconsin and uh, at Cincinnati. But um, um but, you know, we know that Southern Cal has athletes and, you know, the defense worried me a little bit against Virginia Tech. There were things there kind of cracks again that uh, that sort of worried me. So I think if they can avoid the big play and and, you know, kind of contain contain USC and not give a bunch of give up a bunch of chunk plays and explosive long touchdowns, then I think Notre Dame should win by a touchdown or two at least. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. You know, uh coffee one of the good things about the game against virginia tech is just the way that we obviously battled back and won um that does do a lot for a football team uh i don't care what anybody says there's chemistry that's involved with football team and in college football that means a lot and it's a lot of stuff that you don't see that goes on behind the scenes i mean yeah usc's in disarray there's no doubt about it. They do have some stud athletes. It's not like they don't have any talent whatsoever. They don't have any talent near capable of competing with Notre Dame. They do have a couple studs. One of them is a wide receiver that is going to be a problem for us. Um, but, you know, I just got to believe that this could be a defining moment for us in the way that we came back and won that game. It's going to give a lot of confidence to the team and, you know, kind of like Ed said, I I won't be surprised if we do kind of effectively run the football. I I think there is a chance that maybe the offensive line is now fixing some things and there's going to be, if if we're going to see a bunch of progress, it might be there. Um, But I I think if Notre Dame can get that together, 
They should beat USC. I agree. I, th- I think it's going to be a 10-point Notre Dame win is my gut instinct. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if we win by three. I mean, that's you know not going to be a huge well, surprise. I, I think the word you hear being thrown around a lot is culture. And there are a lot of people who talk about how, especially in the years since the terrible 2016 season, Brian Kelly's been focused on building a culture at Notre Dame, a culture of being accountable, a culture of not falling short against teams that you should beat. And for the most part, we've been seeing that a lot in the last couple of seasons. And I think culture is one of the reasons that Notre Dame could win a game like it did at Virginia Tech, where you go down late in the game and in past seasons, there are Notre Dame teams that would have just hung their head and like, oh, no, here's another one. This team decided to strap a pair on and just go out and win the game. And that's exactly what they did. And that's one of the reasons I think this, I'm, I'm predicting a much bigger spread for this weekend. Because, I mean, I realize you don't always know what you're going to get with a team where they're operating under an interim coach. They don't know what's going to happen next year. Do I keep playing for this guy? Do I save myself for the draft? All kinds of things like that. I think Notre Dame's culture versus the culture we've, at least the evidence we've seen coming out of Southern California the last couple of years, Notre Dame's culture is a lot more disciplined than it used to be. It's a lot more focused than it used to be. I think this is a game where combined with the the cold weather, the team not having in the play for this reminds me of the Sun Bowl against Miami all those years ago, where all you need to do is punch these guys in the mouth and they're going to fold like a cheap tent, if you'll forgive me the cliche. I mean, th- th- this is a team that is begging for an excuse to lose. And if Notre Dame gives them that excuse early, they're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that, you know, just it is a rivalry game. I, I, I got to believe that there's enough talent on the other side of the football that they are going to come at us. I mean, these are kids, right? They're college athletes. They mm-hmm. take pride in what they do. Like you say, there's a couple of them that are going to go to the NFL for sure. And you know, I don't think they don't want to not perform. So there's not going to be that. Um, but yeah, you just don't know. And I, I, but look, I agree with you hundred percent. I think that, you know, I think everything from this day forward has always been in, uh, comparison to 2016, because that, that has been, you know, the 2.0 Brian Kelly reboot. And, uh, like you say, I think from 2016 forward, we've won games that we should win and we've lost games that we were the underdog. Um, but for the most part, there's been a complete turnaround and a lot of success and you got to point to something and, and definitely the culture has changed there. No doubt about it. Um, it it is going to be a big night. There's going to be a lot going on, a lot of big time recruits, I mean, obviously Notre Dame's going to finish probably at worst case scenario five, six, or seven in recruits for next year. Maybe if we get lucky, a couple guys, you know. And look, I I don't think the the winner of the game matters when it comes to recruiting. I think it's the experience that these guys have when they come on campus. It's everything that goes into that. It doesn't matter whether Notre Dame beats USC or not. I mean, I I don't think it hurts. 
Um, but I do think that Notre Dame is obviously doing a lot of things right when it comes to that. How else do you explain the recruiting that we've had over the last couple of years? Um, but, but anyways, you know, back, back to the game, Ed, um, in terms of now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, Tyree, I'm assuming was hurt early in the game and that's why we didn't see him returning kicks or anything. What, I don't know the status of him. What is it? Is he? healthy or it's a good question i mean i know it was turf toe i think he's set to play on saturday i mean i i think i I mean i saw a little bit of you know kelly's uh conference it sounded like mayor was 100 percent, and i I don't remember tyree's name even coming up but i know that you know obviously there was some some stories on on logan Diggs this week and he obviously handled himself well on the road in a big game um I don't, it seems like SIBO has just been written off. I, I mean, you know, I don't know if he's going to play at all this year at this rate. Um, and, well, that was uh, disciplinary with him, right? I mean, he's got, right. Right. Issues. But I just mean, I, you know, I mean, if he hasn't, you know, like, are you going to, is it a six game doghouse? Is it an eight game right, doghouse? Right. What's the, right. you know, at this point. Um, so, um, but, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think also we sometimes have to remember, sometimes we give, you know, just because it's USC and it's California and their history and stuff. Um, Notre Dame is a more talented football team than USC too. I mean, in, in addition to Mike Coffey's very um, um, thoughtful um, points about culture, which Be thoughtful? Are, no. Yeah, sure. I mean, no, it's true. I mean, you know, it, 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 I, I thought you're gonna, I thought you're gonna take shots at him about Clay Helton, but I mean, obviously, this is five years too late for Coffey, but <laughs> they did finally get rid of him. Yeah. I mean, no. I, mean, I wanted them to keep him forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Notre Dame has a better, you know, a better football culture um, right now. It's a better program right now, but it's also they also have more talented players. Um, you know, they've recruited, you know, at least as well or better than USC for several years in a row now. Yeah, USC is always going to have, you know, a couple guys that are, are destined for the league and are, are are terrific. But I think, you know. If, 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 you, if you line up the top 22 or top 30 players uh, on each uh, on each side, um, you know Notre Dame comes out of that matchup looking looking quite well too. So it's not just an issue of they have a better culture and they're playing at home and it's a big weekend and it's going to be cold and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I think Notre Dame has better football players too on both sides of the ball overall, and that's another reason why they should win. I mean, I'm really going to be disappointed if they lose because um, you know I think. Uh, You've got to start another streak at home, and um, you know you've got to you've got to show a rival that you know you're up for it, and you have to give yourself kind of a liftoff for the second half of the season because, actually, I think you know um, these next two games honestly don't really worry me as much as as Virginia and Georgia Tech. I think those teams are kind of sneaky good, sneaky better than than maybe these next two teams that we play, and I think they're definitely better coached football teams. Um, but uh, um, well, it just goes to show how different the season is from the beginning of it until where we're at right now. Sure. Because at the beginning of the season, the the games we were worried about were these two, USC right. and and North Carolina, and now look at what we're talking about. Um, but but you know, leading into that coffee, I, I mean, I think there's a lot. Look, there's a couple of people that were posting on our site uh, about the potential of us going eleven and one. You know, I'll go so far as to say that it might be a kind of disappointing if we don't do 11 and one, knowing what we know about the rest of the schedule and where we're at. 
but having said that, even if we do go 11 and one, I just don't see any possibility of us getting into the college football playoffs. I don't know about that, Mike. Well, I mean, you said one percent. I mean, think about it. I mean, you know, we could easily be the 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 one the the one loss team with the best loss. I mean, we are the one loss team with the best. I mean, Cincinnati's going to run the table, and they're going to, you know, we won't have the I best mean, win though. What's that? Because we don't. We won't have the best win. What's going to happen no. is we'll, we'll we'll end up having lost to Cincinnati, the only ranked team at the end of the season we will have played, yeah, which is going to be a problem. It won't be a problem to get into to the new New Year's Six. I could see us in the Peach Bowl against maybe the SEC runner-up or the Big Twelve runner-up, but in one of the four playoff positions, that's going to be a really tough road to hold. I'm not saying it's a probability. I'm just saying it's more than one percent because more than one. Well, I mean, think about it. Less than five. I think. So well, let's no, say Alabama uh, loses to Georgia because you have to have that. So Georgia beats Alabama. Alabama has Georgia, two losses. You can't let them in. They're not in. But but the other three spots, I mean, Cincinnati's going to take one of the other ones unless they lose. Now, I don't see that based on the schedule they got. I don't think that's even possible. But anyways, so Cincinnati and then Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma. You got, so then you got Oklahoma and then the Big Ten champ. And both of like one of those two has to fall out completely for us to even have a chance. Basically, everybody else is going to have two is going to have to have two losses because a one loss Notre Dame team with our schedule is not going to make it in over other one loss teams, unfortunately, unless they're from the Pac-10. It's probably true. No, I I think that's true. But I mean, you know. Look at the year so far. It's kind of crazy. I mean, would it, it is crazy. And it, you're would right. It have, would it have helped yeah. if, if Texas wouldn't have, you know, um, lost to uh, Oklahoma? Definitely. Um, yeah. Would it, would it have helped if, uh, you know, I mean, Michigan came pretty close to losing to Rutgers. Um, yeah. You know, would that have helped? Of course. You know, would it Michigan's going to lose two more. Michigan's going to lose two. I'm not worried they about. Probably Michigan. will. They probably will. They probably will. Would it? Would it, it definitely helped if Oregon stumbles again. Um, so, you know, there's, but there's a lot that can, there's a lot, a lot of crazy stuff that can happen. It is a I mean, crazy look, season. You never know. You just, look, you absolutely never know. That's true. Look no further than last weekend. I mean, you know, yeah. that was, it's not a good Purdue team. And no. obviously Kirk Ferentz is, you know, but this is one of his better teams. I mean, they're, they look good against um, Penn State. Um, and they just, uh, they didn't even show up against Purdue. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a little weird watching that. Um, is there, um, you know, I know that the uh, one of the things you always wonder about is just at what point do you start playing guys uh, that are on the two deep depth chart that probably are pushing the guys at number one? You know, one of the things I do think that, and look, I don't think it's any big surprise that Brandon Cart left. I'm not surprised by that at all. Nope. Um, but but I do think that what does definitely help is the amount of competition that is going on at practice when you have a, a, a deeper team. And I think that's one of the things that's changed since 2016. I think if you look at the talent that's too deep at Notre Dame prior to 2016 versus post-2016, there's a major difference there. And, you know, I, I do think that that's probably part of what's going on at the QB position. I don't, you know, nobody's going to hand this to Buckner. So he's going to have to earn it. And it's probably pretty obvious that he's not earned the starting position this weekend because 
he hasn't done it. And, um, you know, I don't think that uh, Notre Dame is just going with Jack Cohen because, you know, they're just wanting to stick with the guy that, you know, got us to win at Florida State. I think they're going with Jack Cohen because they think he gives us the best chance to win. Um, but do you think there is going to be some more playing time for some of these guys that are, you know, the number twos that are starting to merge a little bit? I mean, we did have a bunch of guys play at Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, digs by necessity, one. a lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, but they had to, right? Exactly. Um, you know, tight end. I mean, Bowman's out for the year, right? Um, no, now, he's the and, one that could. He's the one that could conceivably come back um, in a couple weeks. Oh, he can. Okay. Yeah, it's not and, for sure, but you know, it's kind of a play it by play it by ear thing. But it, yeah. it's definitely possible that he will play before the end of the year for sure. It, it was nice to see. Uh, Kevin have a big game at wide receiver again because he needed it, um, you know, after the game at, at Cincinnati. But um, you'd like to see him have some big plays Saturday night, especially against USC. I mean, I, I I do like him. I think he's a hell of a talent. Maybe it's just one of those things where the focus kind of leaves him a little bit. He, he runs into that rut, but he needs a big game. But it would be interesting to see some of these wide receivers, these freshman guys, get some playing time. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess we'll let's just get into the predictions really quick. Ed, you, you started to say that you think it's going to be a, a better than a six point win, which is the current spread. Where do you think it's going to end up? Yeah, I'm going to, I'll say Notre Dame's going to win 36 to 20. Oh, okay. So that's, that's a pretty big, that's a big spread. Yeah. I'll take it. Not bad. Coffee, what are your thoughts? Uh, I picked 38 to 17 in our prediction contest. I said it's it's going to be a cold night. They're going to come out of that locker room, and he's going to punch him in the face, and they're just going to be begging to get back on the plane back to L.A. Well, I hope the two of you are right, because I, I, I had 31-26 Notre Dame. I did, I, you know, I think we well, win. my cardiologist would love to hear that. but <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I just, you know, look, it's it's USC. It's, uh, I mean, I think this is the one game you can get up for. Um, it's a rivalry game. It always seems to be a close game. It's pretty rare. But who knows? I don't know. We've I, got a pretty good history of, of blowing them out at home. You at know, home, you're right. Yeah, I would agree. Especially when they're not necessarily being coached well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is a program in disarray, and I do think that, luckily, to our favor, that helps. So you, I, I would like to, you know, again, I think the key for us is that you'd really like to see some improvement on the offensive line. It'd be great for them to have a great game, maybe give up one, two sacks at most. Um, you the know, right side is going to be key. I think Joe Alt's been playing really well since he's been put yeah. in a tackle. Uh, and people who know more about it than I do, uh, say that Josh Lugg is playing better than he did at the beginning of the season. So if that continues, I think hopefully we'll be in good shape. Is Carmody 100% or? That I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like he's kind of going to be the floater. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 uh, uh, it, it, I think, you know, like I, I think I said on our last one, um, they're getting a lot of, you know, it's still going to be, you know, incumbent on Jeff Quinn or whoever the offensive line coach is to make these pieces work next year. But they're going to have a lot of guys who played a lot of football. Um, and, 
you know, it's a, it's a terrible way to get your feet wet, you know, giving up a hundred sacks <laughs> in a season, but, um, but, uh, but, you know, it's going to be pretty, there's going to be, there's going to be eight to nine guys, you know, when you throw Spindler in there and you bring, you know, Fisher back and you, you know, you've got, uh, these guys that are going to have, you know, a pretty decent amount of game experience. Um, and hopefully you can form a unit next year that sticks together for a couple of years. I don't even know if they'll have, you know, I don't think they'll be, have any off. They'll, they'll be any offensive lineman next year. that won't have at least one more year of uh, eligibility. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that could, um, it, 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 you know, some of this, some of this, some of these growing pains. And again, we talked about this before. I mean, they, some of it's inexcusable, but at least, uh, at least maybe there'll be a payoff uh, in 22 and 23. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Agreed. All right. Good deal. We'll leave it there. You've been listening to Dome and Domer, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Ed Jernanik and Mike Coffey, I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening.